Hello friends and welcome to There She Grows, the podcast for empowered women who are ready to grow the life and business of their dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Bledsoe, and I am obsessed with helping women like you master their mindset while manifesting your goals and creating a life and business you are excited to wake up to every day. So grab your favorite beverage and maybe a pen for taking some notes because we are about to get growing. again, listen, before we get started, I want to tell you about a workbook that I have created for you. It is 16 pages long and it is all about clearly defining what you want the life and business of your dreams to look like. It's the resource I wish I had had when I started my own mindset and manifesting journey because it allows you to ask yourself questions so you can get really clear on what you're trying to call into your life. And once you can get clear on the details, I promise you the universe is going to start to show up for you in ways that you never could have imagined. I promise this is not just another downloadable freebie that you're going to stick in your downloads folder and never refer back to again. You are going to use this workbook over and over and over in all of the mindset and manifesting work that you're going to be doing. So go ahead and download it right now, justbledso.com. It's yours for free and I need you to get your hands on it so that we can start doing all of this work together. Justbledso.com. Go get it and I'm going to see you over on the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of There She Grows. I know I say this every time I have a guest on, but I am so excited to have my friend Dion Stokes with us today. And Dion and I, we met just randomly at a networking event and I feel like there's just some people you meet and you just like hit it off and like you feel like you've known them forever. And it's funny because uh, Dion and I bonded over failure. And so that's exactly why I have Dion here with us today is to talk about failure because it's so important. It's something that we can't and shouldn't avoid. And I can't wait to get into this interview. So hello, Dion. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Jessica, I am so honored to be on your show today. And yes, I'm obsessed with failures. So I'm excited to take a deep dive, a good failure report today. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the first time we met, uh, you like, you told me that you were starting the failure report podcast. This was like Mm -hmm. before you launched. And then I just like word vomited all over you about like all the failures that I have experienced (laughs) because I was like, oh my God, she likes failure. Here are all of mine. (laughs) Here are mine. And that is exactly why we started the failure report is that it gives us, it's a sacred space in order to hear other people's failures. It kind of normalizes the fact that everybody's doing it. Everybody has done it and you're never going to stop doing it. So just get over it. You know, our whole mission is to remove the shame and isolation associated with failing in business. And so every time you say like you said word vomit, I feel like I've heard that that term a few times. Like you gave me permission to just vomit all over you. Like this happened and that happened. And I, I, I absolutely love it. I take it all in. Yes. I feel like every like business, like every business bestie that I have, like we bonded over failure. Like we've talked about all of wow. those things. And like, once you find that person where you're like, cause you look around and we're like, we're in this bubble of entrepreneurship, right? And so we're surrounded mm-hmm. by people who are all kind of like doing the same things that we are and you're constantly comparing yourself to them. And, you know, you, I always tell myself, like, don't compare your chapter to one to someone else's like chapter five. Mm. And that's really hard though, because you look at someone and you're like, man, look at how successful they are. And you think that it just happened for them overnight. And then once sure. you actually have the opportunity to talk to them or literally anyone, and if you can be vulnerable with each other, you're like, man, we've experienced so much of the yeah. same stuff. And yeah. Yeah. You know, we just keep failing and out of that failure typically comes a success. So oh, that's how it works. You know, failures happen for us and not to us. And I really feel like I say that all the time, but if we realize how much failures were for our benefit, they were for our good because we don't know the future. We don't know how it's going to turn out for our good. But I love listening to a podcast episode that you had on, on imposter syndrome. And you heard from another lady prior to me to keep a, a journal of all of the wins that you have. Yes. Because it's when you draw those lines. What does she call it? She calls it a, um, 
Oh, what is the word? She was like a, it's like a high five journal. Like it yeah, reminds me. I don't remember what it was called, but no, I know, obviously I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like a high five journal, like keeping a space where you can actually draw those lines back to that, that success. So I failed here and that failure led to this, you know what I mean? When you don't connect the dots, you do oftentimes forget oh, that's that such a good idea. It, it happened for a reason. And here's the reason that it happened. So I love that she said, create this like heck yeah file you know i can't remember the name of it but i can name it a million things like high five file heck yeah file a file where you actually keep all of your wins so you can see how those wins really all grew out of failures they all did they did yes. yeah i love the That's idea awesome. though of kind of going back through that and like you know anecdotally like you know this mm -hmm. this happened because of this failure mm -hmm. so that when you're in that spot where you feel like you're failing which is yep. probably often like you can, often. you can, it, you can start to normalize it. Like you said, like sure. once we normalize failure, I think it, it almost needs like a different word now because it's it not, does. it's not really mm -hmm. necessarily a bad thing. It's an uncomfortable no. thing, but it's not it a bad is. thing. No, it isn't. And I, you know, we all, we use the things fail fast, fail frequently, but the idea of that is really to fail forward. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm going to fail. It's going to happen. Let's get through it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying don't act like it didn't happen. I'm not saying grieve the loss. I'm not saying, you know, just because that at that moment, you're not honoring the failure. You know what I mean? You're not honoring what happened, but let's go ahead and experience it. Take you some time, you know, waddle in it, maybe eat some Hagen dogs and then <laughs> we're moving on. You know, we're going to yeah. definitely move on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are going to talk so much more about failure, but I want to start with kind of how you got started because I'm sure you failed a ton to get to where you are. And I also know that you are like me and that you have multiple kind of businesses and things that you're yeah. doing. So tell us how you got started and kind of where you're at today. Absolutely. Um, I, out of grad, graduating out of college, I um, volunteered for a political candidate who was running for mayor at the time. And I was just a volunteer. I was working in marketing as a volunteer for this candidate and he lost. And it was, you know, it was a loss. It was kind of like my first loss that I really put so much effort into and to see it not come into full, you know, full fruition was really difficult. But it was really interesting because a few months later, um, he, he reached out to me and asked me to help him on a political camp. He was running for Senate. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll definitely help you. And it was a paid position. And I was in that paid position for two weeks before they had an issue with their campaign manager. And you're talking about being at the right space, the right time in the right position. I am, however old I was, I was a six-year college student because I decided to go gallivant trance for a while, you know, nice. but a little older when I graduated, <laughs> but I was still young. Yeah. 20 something, 23, maybe. That's how old I, I was I'm, when I graduated too. I, mm -hmm. took that, I took that little, you know, yeah. middle of the experience gap year too. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that year. It was, I yeah. came back, I changed my major, you know, Same. I found my purpose, all of those things. That was my GPA was way better the second time around. You know, so much better because <laughs> I was a biochem major and I love research. I love the deep dive into things. But man, I would I would have been the worst doctor ever. I cried all over every patient. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been horrible. But uh, I was tapped to be his campaign manager, and that changed the trajectory of my whole life. I worked as a political consultant for him after he won Senate. He went on to uh, run for U.S. Congress. I worked for him for gosh eight years, and during that time uh, in in. Inside of that time, I started a marketing firm. I managed a total of 11 candidates in 13 years. And I started building a huge clientele of individuals that I enjoyed working with. And of course, bringing on staff to be able to support myself and the candidate and, and the things that they were doing. And, you know, because like everything, it has a season. In the interim times between elections, we were able to build a marketing company where we provided marketing solutions for government contractors specifically. And, you know, 2008 happened <laughs> and I was young and I never heard the word furlough before. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, gosh, you know, we're going to end up getting furloughed. Our economy is crashing. And, I, you know, and I'm like, well, I have a contract <laughs> with the U.S. government. So if anything happens, I'll just sue them. Now, looking back, 
at those words, <laughs> thinking I was going to sue the U.S. government is a, a hoot, you know, for a breach of contract. And slowly, one contract after another, after another, I had just built a new office location. I had just acquired my 23rd staff at that time. Wow. We were in the process of, I had just gotten married. We were in the process of uh, running a, it was 2008. So we, Obama, it was Obama's election year. I was still working uh, for the U.S. congressman, as well as doing a lot of state government in Alabama at the time. Uh, I had, my plate was absolutely full. And when I say the house of cards came down, it was like I was Alice at the very bottom of like, a, you know, the Empire State Building. It was horrible. I felt like the biggest loser because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have time to watch the news. I didn't keep up with I didn't keep up with that part because it didn't affect me. <laughs> I'm using air quotes. You guys can't yeah. see that part. <laughs> Who cares about, you know, I'm just trying to live this life. I, you know, being married to my college sweetheart, I met him my freshman year of college. So I'm on cloud nine, you know, and everything I did was in fast forward. We got engaged and I got married in four months. I got married in between a in, in during an election year, of course, but in between a runoff, I, I thought that my candidate was going to win. So I would plan my wedding for one day and then he ended up getting in a runoff. And I was like, geez. So, <laughs> I mean, to think about how I lived life, it was insane. I worked in DC. I, I lived in Huntsville, Alabama at the time. I flew home every single day. I would leave at five o'clock Eastern time and get home five o'clock, 515 central time. Oh my, my life and schedule was crazy. And when I tell you nothing will put a pause in your life, like the collapse of an economy. <laughs> sure. I think there's a lot of people who are currently Has experiencing anybody ever that. Have you guys ever, anybody, anybody? <laughs> Has anybody out there ever felt that before? Um, and I, you know, and in one day, I had to make the tough decision that I had to lay off my staff. I had to put a pause on, you know, a building that we were 90% moved into. Mm -hmm. I, you know, all the plans and dreams and goals and all of those things were just put at a standstill. All that I had at that point was still managing, you know, a political candidates, but far, far from what I was accustomed to. And it taught me the biggest lessons in life and in business. And it was one of those things that I call like my first fatal failure. You know, when is that first time that you couldn't get out of bed, that you felt like it was only you, that you'd rather cry than do anything else? I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to go out. I don't want to talk. And I, again, I just got married. So I'm dealing with like merging lives and households and, you know, I'm seeing former employees now in Target and they're, they're throwing me the finger and I don't know how to deal with this. You know, it was horrible. I, there's no, there's no superlative that would be able to describe how I felt. And I, I realized that I had, I couldn't just lay there. You know what I mean? I had to figure out how to get mm -hmm. up. I just didn't know how. And so I, I mentioned to you earlier, um, you know, I lived in France and I had great, built great business relationships there. At the time, they weren't business relationships. They were just friendships. And so I said, you know, the whole world, unlike now, is not experiencing a recession. Let's see if there's something happening, you know, popping in Canada or Geneva, Switzerland or somewhere else. And I got the first opportunity to work for uh, in the hospitality industry from a, a gentleman that was building a hotel in Bermuda. And it was my saving grace. It was why failures happen is because you, it, you get creative. It makes you think outside of the box that you're in. It gives you time to breathe and to re reassess what you like to do, what you don't like to do, all of the above. And I took that time after the 2008 election to say, I'm tired of running political campaigns. Now I went back because I'm as addicted, but I needed a break. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I needed some time to not plan and organize somebody else's life. I needed to get my life in order. And so I took that break and managed, did the marketing for a, a new hotel opening uh, in the beautiful island of Bermuda on the pink sands there. And it was, it was the time that I needed, you know, because so much was going on. So many things had happened. And you know, God is just crazy like that. He's like, you know what? I will put the brakes on all of this. You will stop. Yep. You will <laughs> yep. take time for yourself. 
And it taught me one of the biggest lessons in my, in my, prof in my life, not just my professional life. In my life, it's just the importance of taking care of yourself, the importance of stopping, the importance of being true to yourself, and, and that everything is not about success and growth and money and, and opportunity, and every opportunity is not for you. You know, I just learned so many lessons from that that I've carried really close to me to this day. Yeah, I love that. I think that that's like so important. And like we say, it's important, but we don't always like, <laughs> we don't always practice what we preach in that like taking that time. And, you know, I think sometimes there's like three things that happen when you fail. So either one, you just lay in the bed in the fetal position and cry and you feel like, you know what, this is like the end of the world. And you make the decision to, you know, maybe not even pursue your entrepreneurship anymore. You just go get that, that real job that I always yeah. is like my worst case scenario. Um, <laughs> or you start to panic and you're like, okay, I failed. And so now I have to scramble like really quickly to like come up with something else. So you just start acting out of like need and lack mm -hmm. instead of, you know, taking the time to put yourself back in alignment with what you really want to do. Yes. Or yes, the third yes. and best option, right. Is that you do actually take that time. You recognize that you need it and you need to recenter yourself and you need to figure out like what the next step looks like for you. And I feel like if we can, if we can just like quiet our minds and really like get back in touch with what, what we ultimately want, like mm -hmm. it's so much easier to rebuild from that place than from a place of like, well, I failed and, I want to, I don't, I want to hide that failure from everyone else. Like I don't want everyone else to know that I failed. So I need to act really quickly and just mm -hmm. move really quickly into the next, the, the next, next thing. thing. And then it mm -hmm. just, it becomes in a cycle at that point, right? Like where you're just, you know, failing over and over, but not necessarily in that positive way that brings growth and because you will get to the point, like you said, like God will stop you and yeah. like, you're going to have to pay attention. So yeah. I think and that that's it always the worst. comes down to that. That's <laughs> real. Like that's like, <laughs> When you have, when you're forced to stop, mm -hmm. um, that's definitely worse than if you get to make the decision <laughs> on your own. Yeah. And wouldn't so, it be nice if we could all do that on, you know, in Bermuda, but if you're doing it at well, home right now, that's okay too. <laughs> that's okay too. You know, but that time in Bermuda, I felt like I was in exile, you know, cause I so far from home. So all these things, you know, I did get the opportunity to travel back and forth a lot, but it was just the time I needed to get my focus in. You know what I mean? I had, I swore off government contracts. I will never, ever as long as I live, you know, I had the whole demonstrative, like, I won't do this again, but I really did find my focus. Even though today I say, you know, it's never, it's not a, I will never work for government contractors again, you know, no, but I have found that I love working for small businesses and startups. It's where my passion lies. I will forever be a small business. I understand small businesses and the, the hardships, the growing pains, all of those things that they experience more acutely than most individuals do. Mm. And that I also want to always have a space in our portfolio for nonprofits and not, you know, supporting nonprofits and the work that they do in communities is, is important to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, important is not a strong enough word to, to describe how important it is to, to me. I, I just feel like they do the work that a lot of individuals wouldn't want to do. You know what I mean? And we need to support them in some way. And so if that is increasing their marketing, um, their business planning, strategic planning, all of those things, it's what I've now decided that I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life's work to doing. And so no matter what I do, if it's a podcast, if it's a planner, if it's a business, if it's a, a, a tech startup, which will get into all the other hats that I wear, mm -hmm. somehow there will be a direct thread that leads to a nonprofit first because it is just important to my life's work. So I, I'm just, I'm thankful for that time. I'm thankful for that because it, it, before 2008, I didn't care about nonprofit work. I didn't care about what you're doing. I didn't care about, I didn't care. I didn't think I didn't care. I didn't say I didn't care. I just, yeah. My actions said I didn't care, you know, and, and I got the time to just find myself. You know, I was in my early, in my late twenties at that point, I needed to find myself and I did. And it was, yeah. it's changed everything about who I am today. Yeah, I love when you can get to that point of being like grateful for the things mm -hmm. that have happened and recognizing that while they were incredibly uncomfortable, they did mm -hmm. ultimately lead to something wonderful. So you came out of that, you rebuilt your marketing company, yeah. you have the ambition planner that you've launched, you have yeah. the failure report. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Yeah, pivot. 
So yes, pivot. <laughs> yeah, pivot is my new tech startup. And it's so crazy that they're all kind of attached. So first, the ambition planner. I created the ambition planner out of pure need. I you've heard me say already, I wear multiple hats. My days, my schedule is ridiculous. And when things don't happen on the hour, it just it can throw everything off mm -hmm. because I schedule everything so tightly. I never schedule drive time. I don't know what that's about. Thankfully, we're not driving as much now, so I can schedule a, an 11 o'clock and a 12 o'clock like I do whenever I had to drive 30 minutes somewhere. But I, I sat down one day with some Sharpies and I said, I'm going to create a planner. I need to not spend 30 minutes wordsmithing this email because, and then putting it aside and coming back to it because I want to get the words right. I just need to set, this is the time you do this. This is the time you're going to finish that. This is what you're going to do today. And I would make such unrealistic goals for my day. Every time I left my day, I felt unfulfilled. I would put on my, my, my to-do list, like build a website, like, come on. <laughs> yes. Guilty. Guilty. Is, is that really a to do or is that more of a goal? You know, and I built... install the theme. That's step number one. Exactly. <laughs> Buy the domain. Buy the you know? domain. <laughs> I mean, we can just start at the bare basics and geez, what I was, I just flipped through my, my, you know, kind of notebook of like things I needed to accomplish. And it was, it was unrealistic. And so I created the ambition planner for ambitious women of faith who wanted a space where they could get all of the things they needed in one space, in one compact book. So there is a space where you, you have your, your inspiration or your spiritual centeredness for the day. So if it's a text or it's some inspirational word that you can carry with you throughout the day, but also see, you know what I mean? To keep you really grounded and spiritually centered. Uh, it has a space for you to write out your gratitudes and your affirmations. I definitely, my mom's a therapist. She's a psychologist. So she's always like, you'll hear me reference her a lot, but she's always like, a, don't, you don't give someone an affirmation. They should be able to feel what that affirmation should be. So there's a directory in the back. So if you get stuck, you know, you can reference the directory to write out that affirmation, but having it come out of your hand and actually physically writing, it means more than just reading it. And then there's an hourly to-do list, you know, get these things done. We also really focus, it's a 90 day journal, I'm sorry, planner, which focuses on you being able to achieve your most ambitious goals in 90 days. What does that look like? So we, we want to say, you know, 21 days, you can change, you can get rid of a habit in 90 days, you can change your life. So write out your 90 day goals. What are those goals that you want to achieve in just this little short period of time? I heard you say on another podcast episode, BTW, I will also reference Jessica a lot because I'm a personal fan of the podcast, but you were saying how you plan in quarters, you know what yes. I mean? And you have your big pat, you have your big post-its that you write out those goals and you can walk past them every day. Same exact concept in our planner, writing out those quarterly goals, identifying what you want those to be using the smart method, you know, making sure that it's specific and measurable and timely and realistic is what we really focus on for your 90 days, your weekly, as well as your daily goals. And I created it. I thought it was swell and I put it on a shelf and I said, I'm gonna sell this business because who's got time? I don't sell planners. I make, I help other people make money. That's what I do. And um, then COVID happened. And I, you know, I realized that I experienced a very similar loss as I did in 2018. I'm sorry, 2008. You know, I saw this coming. I knew COVID was about to happen and there was nothing I could do to stop it. And everyone knows marketing is a luxury. It's a very fancy luxury that a lot of people wish that they have or that they do have. They enjoy it. But our contract is one to go first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're looking at your, you're looking at a P&L, you're like, mm, where can mm -hmm. I cut some fat? And between March 13th and March 31st, we lost 100% um, of our contracts and <sighs> 17 individuals in our pipeline. Oh, yeah. That pipeline of mine froze right up, froze solid. 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 As a rock. <laughs> and it's so interesting because this time around, I was just a little bit more prepared. You know, I, I pulled out that hype. That's the word. The hype journal. I pulled out my hype journal. Yes. And said, yes. That's, it. <laughs> that's the word. Yep. I pulled out my hype journal and I remembered my mantra that failures happen for you, not to you. And I said, okay, girl. This is, this is it. Okay. It's happening. And there's no exit because before I exited and went to another country, I was like, Oh, I speak the language. I know the terrain. I can pull a little something together and pull this off. 
this nope, time they're not letting you in this time hey <laughs> you're not welcome and b my clients in in bermuda in mumbai in geneva in ireland were all calling and saying the same things they yeah. weren't everything was it so the whole world was affected it wasn't just as centralized like it was more in 2008 and so Again, I had to furlough my staff. I was down to sitting in my dining room where I'm presenting to you today. And I said, okay, it's time to write in that hype journal because what are you going to do? And I literally believe, and I'm, I'm a very spiritual person, but God literally told me like, remember that journal, that planner I gave you? And remember how you tried to sell it? Remember how you had three really good, strong buyers and they didn't buy it? It's because I gave it to you. I didn't ask you to sell it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, is this your, are you scolding me? And he was like, yeah, that's what this is right here. Pull the planner out and sell the planner. And so from May to June, we created a planner. And May, no, end of April to June, we created a planner. And we launched our first quarter in July, our first 90 days. And it has been amazing. Um, this is what I do. It's my passion. I'm not, I, I don't want to set any unrealistic unreal, expectations. I'm psychotic. So 4 a.m. to, you know, to midnight every night as a working day is normal for me. I wake up just like this every day <laughs> and I will get it done. You know, it is one of those things like I won't rest until it's done, but I was able to identify additional resources. The universities in this city have been great offering interns to be able to help support right. that. And we have the ambition planner. And so you can find our ambition planner at www.theambitionplanner.com. Oh, um, yes. I will include that in the show notes <laughs> for sure. And I'm, I'm going to be buying one for myself. I've been getting your emails and I'm going to be honest, I haven't read them because I filtered all my emails. So anything that has the word unsubscribe in it automatically mm -hmm. gets marked as red and then goes in a folder that I always mean to go back to. Yeah. And I'm like really upset with myself right now because you know, <laughs> I plan my, like I plan my entire life in quarters and I'm like, so you're telling me that there's a planner that has been made literally for me and I don't own it yet. Mm -hmm. So That's I'm going guy. to buy it <laughs> and I'm going to start using it. And this is that the perfect is awesome. time to buy it because we start a new quarter literally in, October. in like a yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. So now is the time. And so I, I just want to put this out there to anyone who wants to purchase the planner and do this with me. Like we can set up a zoom call. We can like, we can do this together because I, I have my own process. And so I'm super excited to take that process and get it into something because I find myself like going from my home office to my co-working space. And now I just signed a lease on like an actual office. So I have like all these mm -hmm. spaces that I work. And so it's the quarterly like sheets that I have. They typically stay in my home office because I do my planning with my husband, who's my mm -hmm. co-founder and business partner. Oh. And I don't ever actually see them as much because that's kind of, that's actually like his one and only space. So I have like three spaces that I work out of and he just has, <laughs> he just has cubby. one, his, his layer <laughs> that I call it. So yeah, I would love to be able to like physically write those down somewhere else and take them mm -hmm. with me to refer back to them. Cause right now it's just a picture on my phone and I have to like scroll back mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, find it. Yeah. through all my selfies and, yeah. uh, and find it and zoom in on it. So anyway, if you want to yeah. buy it, please let me know that you buy it and we will work together to fill out Absolutely. our fourth quarter of the year. You guys like, absolutely. Wild. We need a promo code for your show, your show listeners as well. So we'll definitely oh, yeah. Let's, we'll get in that. some free check shipping. The show notes. We'll mm -hmm. check those show notes. We'll get, we'll get you guys hooked up, but I'm oh, yeah. loving this idea. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So fourth quarter, is about to start every 90 days you get a new a new planner and I just felt like it was just necessary like I'm able to visualize and organize my life so much better so and it's for women I am not against having one for men <laughs> but I love my ladies and I, I wear we are ambitious and again I want to shed that idea about being overly ambitious yeah heck yeah I am overly ambitious you know what I mean? And this is how I organize my life to get it all done. And so, yeah, that's the ambition planner in a nutshell. That's incredible. I, awesome. I, I think it's been really kind of eye-opening for me. I'm doing these interviews and just talking to other people in general about how 
Like, yes, COVID has been a nightmare. Like, it's shut down the entire world. It mm -hmm. is going to have very long-lasting impacts on our economy. There are so many people that are truly suffering. But I do feel like there are a lot of people who have taken this time to revisit those things that we've put yeah. on a shelf and to, you know, to really take a moment to pivot. And, mm -hmm. like, you get to step into that in a way that you've never been given the opportunity before. And for us... You know, we have the service-based business that we've been running for the last eight years, and we came up with the idea for our app, and the, you know, the goal was to transition fully into the app at some point, but mm -hmm. COVID expedited that for us because, I mean, several of our contracts got canceled. Our wow. pipeline, which we relied on very, very heavily, completely mm -hmm. froze up, and then also, like, we just kind of lost, like, the fire for that business too, because mm. like once everything like shuts down, it's hard to, yeah. and also when you feel like you kind of have one foot out the door anyway, when we knew that we wanted to transition in the app, it was like, so mm -hmm. then what are we waiting on? If that's yeah. the case, like, why can't we just go ahead and step fully into the app? Like the, we have this whole plan where I was going to transition full-time first. And then Adam would come, you know, six or eight months after I did. And we were like, but why, like what, why? why are we actually doing it that way when we know that if we can both devote a hundred percent of our energy to that, then it's going to put us and the app in a much better position to mm. flourish. And yeah. so it's, you know, it's a scary process to acknowledge that you are going to be doing that pivot. And, you know, even mm -hmm. just telling our clients that we're shutting down this, this business. And, you know, luckily literally everyone has been so supportive We've, we've not kept the app a secret by any means, you know, like they all kind of knew that we were working on this in the background, but it's been so incredible to just be so supported and um, have so many people encouraging us. Like, even though they're losing us as a service provider, like they are so excited for us to kind of step into this new role. Many of them are actually becoming investors in the app oh my itself. Gosh, that's amazing. You know, they're sending introductions to other people um, about the app and about potentially investing. So it really, it's been a blessing and I don't want to, you know, undermine the fact that I know there are many people who are suffering as a result of it, but I sure, think that there's something sure. beautiful that has definitely come out of it for many people as well, because it forced Absolutely. us to reset. Yeah, it forces us all to do it. It is. I, and I, I hate I hate saying it as well. I said it in an Instagram story. I was like, I'm so thankful for COVID. I was like, no, 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 I'm not thankful for COVID. It's the worst thing ever. But it has given us time to really identify what we're grateful for, that we have life, that we have opportunity. And the opportunity to sit still is a blessing. <laughs> yes. Time is a blessing. And so, you know, it's really, we talked about the failure report and pivot, but the failure report is a podcast that we just talk about failures. I interview entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and celebrities about their professional failures. And my mom, I said, I was gonna mention her too many times. She's a psychologist. And, uh, you know, she was talking to me about the podcast before we launched last year. And she's like, this is so great. So you're going to talk to people about their failures. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, and then they're going to hear other people's stories about failures and how they turn their failure into success. And I'm like, yep, isn't that great? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are they going to identify like a way out of their personal failure? Like, what are they going to do to be successful? And I'm like, well, once they hear these episodes, they're going to be like, I can do it too. And she was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's very interesting. And I, at this moment, I know I'm on the couch, you know what I mean? And I, I, know, I know, I see what's happening here and I'm like, where are we going with this? And she's like, well, it just seems like to me that you're unpacking a lot of emotions and not placing them anywhere. And I'm like, mom, everything, you know, come on, you know, <laughs> everything is not. And she's like, no, but you know, hear me out. Like if, if you're telling people, you know, I've gone through this horrible, you know, I couldn't get up and I was, you know, I was suicidal and I was losing my, my spouse or my partner. And all, you know, all of these stories have different elements, you know what I mean? And a lot of individuals cry during their interviews and they cuss and they get very passionate about their interviews and they, they mm. do turn that conversation around. And they talk about the successes that they have, but what about, you know, if it doesn't come out that way. And from that conversation came the idea for Pivot. And we are a professional wellness marketplace that houses a life coach, executive coaches, financial planners, and business consultants in one marketplace where individuals can find the help, the support that they need to be professionally well. And I, I know just from just being an entrepreneur myself, I've oftentimes said, oh man, it would be so great to have a life coach, but I don't have time. 
schedule an appointment, drive there, park. That, I don't have time to do all that. And so uh, I'm just not going to do it. But I need it. It doesn't mean I didn't yep. need it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. So Pivot is uh, very similar to Talkspace where you can text, talk, video chat, or telephone, communicate with your professional wellness coach on all three of those platforms. So if you just need to text throughout the day, you know what I mean? I can definitely text. I'm a texter. You know, I can do that. Yeah. Having a crappy day. Really need this day to turn around. What's well, making it crappy? You know what I mean? To have a session that way would be fantastic. Video chat as well as by phone or, or email. So actually there's four, four methods. And we've just been really privileged to be a member of the Black Founders Exchange by Google, who's been so supportive through this process. They've given us so many resources and mentors to be able to help us to grow this business. And so, uh, you know, Joint Effort is the mother company. It's my marketing company. I've, I've been the CEO of that for 16 years. I will never stop being uh, working in marketing as well as business consulting. But we do wear a lot of hats and umbrellas underneath, mm -hmm. that, underneath that brand. So we're passionate about the clients that we work with and we're passionate about the businesses that we, that we own. And like I said, I, we, were, we were talking before the episode starts, you know, my hobbies are starting businesses. Like mm -hmm. my sister and I will sit on our porch and, and I will be like, yeah, and so we should do this. You know what would be a good idea is if we actually, <laughs> yeah. we're just a think tank. And, and that creativity spills over into everything that we do in marketing is because we have a media psychologist. My, my sister is actually the media psychologist that works with us and talking about like the textures and how things make you feel and the logo and the vibrant, the vibrations that it gives you whenever you look at something, touch it, go to somebody's website, all, all the things just, it excites me. My hobby is starting businesses and yes, some of them I'm really good at and some of them fail <laughs> and I enjoy the ride all the way around. Yeah. So if anybody's listening and like, you're like, I want to start a business, but I don't know what kind of business I want to start. Just touch base with me and Dion. I'm sure we have a few ideas laying around. We can toss your way because yep. we were talking right before we started the episode about how that really is. Like our hobby is just starting businesses. And like yep. you said, sometimes they fail. I've started multiple businesses that have failed. And that was difficult for me to come to terms with, honestly, was um, especially mm. I owned a, a social media management company and I poured my heart and soul into this was so my husband and I started the technology company and I kind of put the social media under that umbrella but it was my baby inside of that company like this was the arm of it that I was going to grow mm -hmm. and long story short I did that for a couple of years realized that I hated social media hated it <laughs> And um, decided, literally decided within like a week that I was going to shut it down and had sent out like wow. notices to all my clients that this was the last month of their contract and that I was moving on. And, yeah. but it took me a long time to make that decision. So I say that I made that decision really quickly, but it actually took me a long time to actually say, this is what I'm going to do. It was just once I decided to do it, it didn't take me very long to do it because yeah. I had been thinking about it. And the, the thing that I kept dwelling on wasn't the like the business itself it was more like me feeling like a failure because i was shutting down the business mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the business was making money the business was growing like the business was on track to do really well yeah. but when i started waking up every day like dreading going to work i was like this is why yeah. i went into business for myself in the first place was so mm -hmm. that i didn't feel like this so if i'm yeah. feeling like this then I need to do something about it. But I just kept coming back to that. Well, like that makes me a failure. If I have to close mm -hmm. a business, that makes me a failure. Nothing. And that was the first business that I had to close. And I've, you know, subsequently had other businesses that they either just fizzled out or I did just close them down because they weren't serving me in the way that I needed them to be. But then I've always kind of had this, you know, our technology company has always been that kind of safe space for me because that's the one that has always been constant. It's always been successful. And I'm going to use that term always very loosely because y'all know my story. Um, <laughs> but so now shutting it down and fully transitioning into the startup full time is really, I've been having those same emotions of like, does this mean yeah. that I failed? Should I have tried harder to find someone else to, to take it over so that I could step away? Should I have tried to to sell it? Should I, should I, should I, you know, like there's so many questions. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Exactly. Shoulda, coulda, Yeah. Yeah. So many questions you ask yourself and you, you know, failure is very, it's a broad term, right? Like you it have is. those huge failures that keep you in the bed and then you have, you know, little, little things every day that happen. And this kind of mm -hmm. falls somewhere in the middle where it makes me uncomfortable yeah. and I'm excited to do it. But yeah, um, it's something that I think that we all go through and we just need to get comfortable in, in failing just and 
normalizing yeah. it, like you said. And I think that's what the failure report does a really wonderful job of is yeah. bringing those stories to light. Awesome. And you can hear how people have gone through their journey and where they're at now. And you're like, I mean, if he can do that, or if she can do that, then I can do that. Then and I can do that. Then exactly. Yeah. So I wonder through all of your interviews that you've done with the failure report now, cause you just finished your last season yes. and have you noticed any kind of like surprising consistencies or themes when you're interviewing people about failure, like those things that come up time and time again? Yeah. Um, denial. It is the denial that comes with, um, denial is one that always is a big one and the decision to not you know people don't put the failed businesses on their resume they rather not talk about them and when I'm interviewing individuals I always ask what, what was their biggest professional failure and if you were like oh didn't happen <laughs> no I've never experienced and you still have some life to live before you work here <laughs> exactly exactly thank you for your time goodbye because if you're not willing to admit it we, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to be a good partnership but I feel like the idea of not wanting to ever disclose that it happened is always just so interesting to me that they have gotten to the point where now they're willing to talk about it on a mm -hmm. podcast you know what I mean like that growth of saying and that's interesting but then they also hold back they're always they keep a little piece of it for themselves they're like yeah it was a failure but it wasn't that bad but it, it did happen but it, you know I just lost a quarter million dollars in a day but you know it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> the denial is still there that we're still just not willing to stand at a networking event and say hey how's everything going Jessica yeah well you know my business just collapsed you know and it, it's really sucked and but you know I'm here and I'm I'm gonna live to die another day and I feel like that is the one thing that I've always anxious to hear but I'm always surprised that many people aren't even though they consented to be on the failure report sometimes they're not willing to come completely clean so we still have a mission we still have a purpose we still have we we just hit 10,000 downloads on wow our, on that's our amazing congratulations thank you thank you we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary in October um, we took a season break so we split up our seasons which was interesting learned a lesson between the you know season one and season two but just just listening to their stories has been amazing and seeing how how they write back and say I'm learning to fail forward I'm failing right now the business that you interviewed me about yeah uh, that's not what I'm doing anyway <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting when you can have people back on the show to mm -hmm. you know talk about the new ways they failed since the last time but also to, to see if they kind of like fess up to some of those things or like well last time I was here I didn't really give you the full story so let me go ahead and tell you now like how it really was and it was actually a really hundred times down. worse than what I told you it was so I told you it was bad but it was actually a hundred times worse yep yep <laughs> that's awesome and then I think there's also going to be a huge opportunity for like a COVID specific season to talk about how you failed during COVID, right? And I'm like, so excited about that. I know. That's, I mean, that really is. And that, I think it's going to be so important to just hear from people that like, you're going to be okay. Like you're going to survive and gonna you will, like, it's hard. But you know what I found when COVID started was, you know, my business shut down. I'm getting calls from clients that like, you know, they're not going to be able to move forward with their projects or they need to cancel their contract or they need to put it on hold or whatever. And my first reaction was like, Oh God, you know, like, I'm just like, Oh God. And it, it felt like, it felt like that 2016 moment where my biggest client like fired me essentially and ripped the rug out from under me. It felt like that was happening all over again. And it was like, like my initial reaction was like, how is this happening again? But, but then I was like, you know what, like the whole world is going through it with me this time. And I'm actually better equipped now to deal with this because I've already been through it. So like, yeah. I feel like I have a leg up because I've yeah. already been through it once. And now the whole world is experiencing it with me. So I feel like there's yeah. a lot more grace in this scenario where everybody knows that we're all going through it. Yeah. And people are just a lot more open to you saying like, you know what, I'm not okay, but I'm going to be okay. I'm so going to be okay. Yeah. I'm going to be And fine. just saying, yeah, I've had to furlough all my staff. Everyone's like, yeah, me too. You know, you're yeah. like, you just said you were fine, but now that I've come clean here, you know, now you're ready to, you're like, but oh, it's yeah, so me great. Too. Yeah, me too. It's so great that you say a COVID season. So we have this, that's a great idea. And <laughs> we adopted that idea saying, Hey, we need to have a season about, especially startups who were just starting in 2019 and how this has affected them. And our first interview, first person we're interviewing 
for our COVID season, and I'm using air quotes again, is Arlen Hamilton. And oh my God, I'm reading her book right now. So good. So I good. Absolutely love I just got her. full body chills, y'all. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. I actually talked to her on the phone and she was like, Dion, I want to do your podcast episode. I think it's super dope. And I was like, you think me dope? Me? Little me? And I was like, <laughs> and so I'm excited about that. You guys stay tuned for that episode. That'll be season. She's, of course, she's launching season three. She's a mic dropper in everything that she says and done. Her book is dope AF at the least. Oh, I turned, I flipped through that within like a few days. It was so good and so packed with everything, but it's all right now. It's all on trend. We're all doing it. You know what I mean? And so what do you do now? How do you kind of pivot? No pun intended, but you know, you know, stay tuned for pivot coming 2021. Um, <laughs> how do you pivot after, after a, 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 a pandemic? What do you do? Nobody's written the book on that. You know I mean? We're waiting for that one to hit the shelves, but we're yes. writing the book as we live. We'll grow. We'll make it. <laughs> well, I'm already looking forward to that season, not just because Arlen is going to be kicking it off, but I'm very, very intrigued by the stories that people have. And I'm anxious to kind of hear how, how they are pivoting themselves and mm -hmm. how they are turning those failures into not failures, because I feel like we actually had to pivot so fast during COVID that there actually yes. wasn't really time to fail. <laughs> you well, know, it was think. like, it was, think. yes, it was just like, <laughs> do, just do. Now I love Arlen's book. So um, Arlen Hamilton is a VC, a venture capitalist, and she just released a book recently called It's About Damn Time, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yes. That's and mm -hmm. um, I just started reading it. So I try to read one business or personal development book every month. And this was my book this month. And typically it does actually take me the entire month to read them because I only, I only read for about 15 minutes um, in the morning during my morning routine this like this specific book I read a bunch of like fictional stuff all the time but anyway yesterday <laughs> I was I got some scores back from this pitch competition that I'm in for my startup right now and yeah. they weren't as good as I was hoping and one of the judges feedback was it, it wasn't constructive criticism it was just criticism and it made me feel like really really bad and I wanted to like cry and I wanted to like take this moment to like wallow and then first of all I don't even know if I made it to the next round yet like I've only seen the like I only seen the scores I haven't actually gotten a yes or a no yet so it could still turn out to be fine but like my first reaction was to just like cry and be sad but then I was mm -hmm. like nope not going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm just going to like push through this. And I sat down with her book because I was like, I feel like I need to keep reading like Arlen's story because mm -hmm. so much of her story is about, you know, the different times that, that she's failed and how she's persisted through everything and how she's now gone from being, you know, homeless to being this venture capitalist who's raising multi, multi-million dollar funds for her fund at Backstage Capital. And so I love just like sitting down in my chair. I made myself a cup of tea and I was just like, I'm going to self-care myself through this. I love with, it. With this book because I feel like this is exactly what I need to be reading right now. Yeah, so. yeah. So this isn't a sponsored space for Arlen. No, but it's not. But Arlen, if you're listening, we love you. We heart you <laughs> to death. Go buy her book. It is just that. It's the it's the self-care that you need to say, like, you know what? If she can do it, I can do it. And she's doing it. So yes. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, how being underestimated, like taking that and turning it into something wonderful. And I've always felt like I've been underestimated. I started my career really young. I've done a, a lot of really bold things. And so I've gotten a lot of eye rolls along the way. And, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately that just fuels me to like, yes. I'll show you, like, I will show you, I'll come back to you. I don't know who you mm -hmm. are because you're anonymous, but yeah. I'm just going to make some assumptions about you. And, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I'm going to come I, back and find you and show I you why this was a fantastic idea. It was fantastic. It was fabulous. But I can show you better than I can tell you. You know what exactly. I mean? Any, exactly. any day. And if you can't hear me, you can feel me. I'll make you feel me. So yes. I'm looking at one of your tattoos, your infinity tattoo. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need to get that. If you can't hear, you can feel, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll make you feel me first. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Well, I always want to kind of wrap up because this is a mindset podcast about mm -hmm. it's kind of a mindset tip. So how would you think that, first of all, how do you think failure shapes our mindset? And then what are some tools that you use or some tips that you have for pushing through that so that you don't let that failure create a mindset block for you and in, mm -hmm. in rebuilding? Yeah. So such a great question. I literally say almost daily, it's like almost my daily affirmation. And I started this episode with saying this exact statement, failures happen for you, not to you. Do not take them personal. They are for your good. 
You do not see it today. You can't feel it today. It feels like you want to cry. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but even, even, you know, going back to what you just said about the marks on the pitch competition, you know, it, when you write those things down and you come back to it, you say, no matter what happened, I, I did it. I didn't cry. I didn't allow myself to waddle in it like I could have. I know that whatever I was feeling, that, if that emotion was failure, if that emotion was disappointment, that I worked through it. And knowing that it happened for my good. What happened? Because those, those scores came in, you sat down with Arlen's book, you had a cup of tea, you took time to reflect. You actually now can reference that point of your life and saying that really helped me move through that. It changes my whole mindset, you know what I mean? Because I know that they're going to happen, I expect them, and so I'm ready for it. I'm like, bring it on. I know I welcome them because I know what's gonna happen on the other side of that. I have lived the other side of that mountain before and you guys, it is absolutely beautiful because when you are able to fail, that the slide down the mountain is so much easier. You know what I mean? Because yes. you know you're going to be able to get back up again. Yeah, you have already tools. created a path down the mountain, so it's a lot smoother ride. <laughs> yeah, man. It doesn't hurt as bad. You know what I mean? And in the life, there are peaks and valleys. And that's the, that's the fun part of life. And so look forward to your failures. Embrace them and just make sure that they make you stronger. You know, don't don't stay there. Make sure that you, you grow, you learn, you develop. And um, out of that, you just realize they happen for your good. Yana, absolutely. I love everything that you just said. I have loved awesome. having you as a guest on the podcast. I know that you and I could literally talk for like the next five hours. So I'm going to end our interview in the sake of us not talking for five hours and then we can yes. talk for five hours offline. But I, right. I love that you are so open with your failure, with owning the multiple hats that you wear. That's something that I still struggle with as being mm -hmm. a multiple business owner is like, again, we had a conversation before the podcast started because we can't stop talking when right. we get together <laughs> talking about you know how you step into those different roles and um, I love that you are so open with with sharing all those things and mm -hmm. I know that there are people who are listening now who are probably going through what feels like a failure at this very moment and I hope yeah. that I hope that you're taking all of these words to heart and you know that it's going to be much beautiful when you get on the other side of it so yeah yeah awesome. like I said before join me with the ambition plan I'm going to link up all of Dion's stuff in the show notes. Follow her. Where's the best place for us to follow you? Where do you hang out online? Absolutely. The Ambition Planner is an online store. We are very strong in on Instagram. So follow okay. us at the Ambition Planner on Instagram. We also have a community, an online community on Facebook. So please make sure that you follow us there at the Ambition Planner. You can find the Failure Report on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcast at the Failure Report. We are also a web series, so you can watch all of our episodes on YouTube at the Failure Report. And then if you've missed an episode, want to see some more information about individuals that we've interviewed, you can find all of their bios and information at thefailurereport.org. We're always arguing on Twitter. You know, find us there <laughs> at Report Failure. Somebody took our handle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're out there. <laughs> Give it back. But we are. Right. Give it back. We're our report failure at, on Twitter. And then, of course, our mother company, Joint Efforts, a marketing company that specializes in startups, nonprofits, and small businesses. And we're at jointeffortllc.com and across every social media platform at Joint Effort LLC. Awesome. Well, I'm going to link yeah. all of that up for everyone. I am sure that there are going to be some people joining me with that Yay. Ambition Planner Challenge. I'm super excited mm -hmm. to get started. Mm -hmm. so. And the promo code. We're going to yes, get you a promo code. I will get that. We will get that out there. So y'all yes. be sure to click through and get that ordered so we can start our quarter off strong. So thank you again, Dion. I am sure Absolutely. that we will talk to you soon. I have loved this so, so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. If you're anything like me, your calendar rules your day. If it's not on your calendar, it probably doesn't get done. But sometimes we just need that calendar to do a little bit more. And that's exactly why I created Paver. Paver is a Google Calendar add-on that simply put, makes your Google Calendar better. And you can install it for free right now from the G Suite Marketplace or at www.getpaver.com. That's G-E-T-P-A-V-R.com. Thanks for listening to There She Grows. For show notes, resources I talked about in this episode, or links to our free downloads, visit www.thereshegrowspodcast.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.